We always love getting to know, especially married couples, because you can't tell the whole world I'm such an awesome person, but you can ask your loved one to tell the whole world what an awesome person you are. <laughs> this is why when Nindee Narell brought us a song, Net Ian, we decided she can't do this alone. We need the man in the relationship to do the talking first. Hello, Matt. How are you doing? Mm -hmm. Hello. And Nadine. So these two are married. How long have you guys been married, by the way? We've been married this year for 10 years. Oh, it's a nice round figure. Okay, so you've had a little time to I get to know so. one another. Um, let's give Matt the first chance. Matt, if you had Thank to you. introduce your wonderful wife, that gorgeous lady sitting next to you, to a country who doesn't know her personally, all they can see is she's beautiful and she can sing, and you had to tell them this is who she is, what would you say? Well, I would say this is my beautiful wife, <laughs> and I'm very blessed to be married to her. Um, she is an excellent mother. We have two children, five and three, and she really has a heart for Jesus and a heart for worship. And I think she could sing before because she could speak. So that's really just a calling on her life and something we just love to do together. Um, the two of us worship the Lord um, and also as a family. Um, but she really has this huge heart for kingdom and an even bigger heart for worship. And that's who she is. So is she one of those people that when she makes the food and when she drives the kids around and all that, she, she's singing the whole time? Yes, if she's not singing, then I go and ask if she's okay. <laughs> you see, <laughs> you see. <laughs> well, that was a great intro, Nadine. So maybe you can do the same, you know, return the compliment to Matt. Yes, Matt is an incredible, just human being all around. I think he is such a man of good and upstanding character. He is an amazing husband. Um, he is just incredible. He knows how to communicate really, really well and explain his heart and listen to mine. He is an impeccable father um, that really just loves and supports our children in such an amazing and humble way. Um, it is really a privilege to know Matt. He can honestly do anything. I have not seen anything that he can't do or fix or come up with a plan to solve. He is just, he's incredible. Oh, I can't play golf. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. So it's not for entertainment. It's just cheap labor. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll take Matt. that one for the team. Yes, no. take it Listen, for the team. I'll give I'll give cheap labor <laughs> any day for being married to this incredible person. Oh, you can you can pay him later, Nadine. <laughs> he can write your biography for you. Um, listen, yeah, but you you guys met even in ministry. You sound like a very holy pair. I must say, like seriously, this is this is a deeply <laughs> spiritual couple. You even met in ministry while you guys. Um, Matt, give us a soppy story. Oh, wow, <laughs> once upon a time. Um, yeah, so so I my parents grew up um, doing mission. Well. I grew up doing missions with my parents. Um, every year in December, we'd go down to Plet. And what started as a Strandin, so like a, a beach mission, um, eventually we moved into the campsites there and we'd run a holiday program for kids. Um, and one year, um, I saw this name on my list uh, and it said Nadine Smith. And um, I thought to myself, well, that's a good name for a wife. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, as, as, uh, being um, holy and above that, <laughs> I was like, nope, we've got one mission to focus on. Um, anyway, the, the first time we met at the training, I was so impressed with, with her passion for the Lord. Uh, Jesus just shone out of her eyes, and I could see 
that Jesus was more than just a concept for her. It really was a reality. Um, and, and I actually fell in love with Jesus in her first. Um, and throughout the mission, uh, you, we made so many jokes. Like we joke <laughs> around every day, um, singing silly songs and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, I, wasn't, I also wasn't too sure if we could uh, be serious ever. Um, but one night, we, it was one of the last nights, um, we'd, we played a movie on the beach. So uh, we set up the screen on the beach. And we watched Indescribable. Indescribable. Indescribable under the stars oh, on the wow. beach. Um, with this group of preteens, um, which we'd already been ministering to for a week. Uh, and they sort of all filtered back into the campsite. And, and I hadn't heard Nadine's testimony because uh, the night she was sharing it, um, I was away, get busy getting some hot chocolate ready for the, for the <laughs> teens. Um, and we, we, we had a good chat afterwards. And, and I heard her testimony and I heard... Um, really who she was and was able, really able to just speak into her life. Um, Lord gave me a word for her, uh, not that she would be my wife. Um, <laughs> but yeah, as the, as the mission progressed, uh, we enjoyed each other's company more and more. And then on the last night, uh, she actually left a pair of slops behind. <laughs> um, and those slops then came home with me and we had to have a milkshake date to get those slops back to her. <laughs> Um, and I actually forgot the slops the first time. Intentionally. So we had to have a second one. <laughs> well, yes. Um, and then, yeah, the rest is history, really. Can I just say, those slops really weren't important to me at all. <laughs> they were important to me. <laughs> <laughs> but I did think if someone was to find it, 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 it had to be Matt. And so, I, honestly, I was ready just to leave them behind. And then Matt was like, no, we need to get these slops back to you. And I was like, yes, they're very important to me. Life-altering slops, these. <laughs> yeah, no, it's very important for me to get them back. Flip-flops. You can't buy them for 25 bucks even today. <laughs> yeah. Do you know how much those slops have cost me by now? Yeah, you see. Ten years of marriage worth. <laughs> oh, oh, that marriage is nothing. <laughs> Oh, okay. But so that must mean that when you went home, you, it wasn't a long distance relationship. You actually stayed in the same city or what? Yeah, we actually did both stay in, in Joburg. So it actually worked out well. He was actually really close to me. Yeah, yeah. We, we basically grew up just with a highway between us. Yeah. <laughs> we should write a country song about that. <laughs> we grew up with a highway just between us. <laughs> As long as it's the highway to heaven and not the highway to hell, everything is fine. <laughs> yeah, no, please. <laughs> Most. <laughs> okay, but there's something about, um, you know, outreach. When you do outreach and you, uh, you, you are ministering, you sort of put on your best Christian face, no? It's only when you start getting to know one another in a normal setting and the frustration sets in. You know, the normal life hits um, when you start figuring out what you like about one another and what you don't like about one another, that process as a Christian, Nadine, it does make a difference if, if he's a man of God, isn't it? I mean, when the word says you've got to marry someone who's a Christian so that you can be equally yoked, it does make a difference the hard times and the stuff that you don't agree on, you know, the, the hark blacker, it does make a difference when you're Christians getting to know one another, isn't it? Yes, I think I feel extremely blessed in that sense because to I couldn't imagine being in a relationship with someone who would not be able to understand a life that is fully surrendered to Christ. 
And so if, if I'm saying yes out of obedience to God, even if I don't understand why he's asking me to do something, how would I possibly explain it to someone who can't understand what that looks like? And so for me, it helped me a lot that if, like sometimes I really I have to do something out of obedience and it would not make sense to the world. And then I know if I can tell Matt, but this is what I feel that the Lord is saying, then he 100% supports it. And I think that would be really difficult for me to be in a relationship with someone who I would have to submit under if if they would not be able to understand who I'm submitting to first. Yeah. And also when you're a strong person like you are, I mean, if you've if you've someone who's got very definite opinions in life and you've got a strong will and all that mm-hmm. kind of thing, besides the fact that you've got to submit to Jesus, you've got to actually mm-hmm. really and truly respect that husband of yours mm-hmm. 10 years later yes. still for this. That, that's a really important thing in a relationship, isn't it? Yeah, I think also to be able to trust Jesus to lead Matt as well. And I know that he is first he's admitted to Christ. Then I know that he's also being sanctified and he's going to become stronger in character as well because he is following Jesus. And so I can trust that even if we disagree upon things, that the Lord is leading him as well and he is submitting to Christ. And that makes it so much easier. Yeah. Matt, how long did you guys know one another before you got married? Uh well, it, it took us about a, just less than a year to start dating. Yeah. And then we dated for a year. Yeah. And we were engaged for... Three months. Three months <laughs> and we got married. Yeah. yeah. One should never have a long engagement. That's never a good thing, Christian or not. No. <laughs> it's very, yeah, very I, hard. I agree. <laughs> no, especially yeah, if she's beautiful. I... If you're going to marry an ugly woman, it'd be easy to, you know, resist the temptation. But if she's now gorgeous and everything... <laughs> But you still have That's to stand funny. strong, Matt, as a guy. Um, how important was it for you? Like, like we live in a world where people, um, where it's normal to have, like, for instance, sexual relations before marriage. It's normal to live together. Mm. It's normal. Um, it's normal for, for, especially in a feminist world like today, for a woman to assert herself. And the guy just has to go, you know, a normal has shifted in this world where we're in. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's a different way of thinking as a Christian to stand before you get married. Um, uh, was that something that to you, you had to, to face as a man yourself to do, still do life God's way, even up until you get married, forget even after you married? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we really... We really had to work hard uh, to keep ourselves off each other, um, hence the short engagement. Um, but I think, I, I think you know, there's such an important thing about deciding your convictions before you're in the in the moment. Mm. You know, if 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 you're gonna if you're gonna not take a stand on these things before you're in a relationship, then you're gonna fall. And I think for us, we we really took a very strong stand. Um, on these things, you know, not having sex before marriage. Um, and it, it helped a lot. Uh, I can't say it prevented all the things, but it helped a lot to go, this is the, this is the limit and we will not go there. And, um, and, and I think, you know, if you're going to try and do a relationship, not already having made that your conviction, mm-hmm. it's going to be very difficult to make that decision in the moment. So if there's one thing I can say, you know, if, if you are in a relationship and, and, and you're doing it God's way, then decide on your convictions before the moment. Um, that, that's so important if you're going to 
keep a pure and holy relationship. That also acknowledges your weakness. I mean, I don't think there's anyone who's not weak. When you know you're going to get married, you're already engaged. It's just mm -hmm. a matter of time. Um, it, even as a Christian, to acknowledge that everyone is weak and, and put stuff in place before you get there. Because to be married mm. and to arrive in that marriage pure, what a privilege is that and what a difference mm. it makes when you get married that way, isn't it? Yeah. I think also, I think it's good. I think it's good to be attracted to each other. I think it's a blessing from the Lord. And yeah. I think sometimes we want to look down at it and we want to avoid it and almost um, not suppress it, but you want to curse it almost. Um, but I think it's good. I think it's good that we're attracted to each other. But I think, um, I think the Lord knows better than we do what is right and when is right. Mm. And I think for, I mean, we did make mistakes. We didn't get it perfectly right. But the blessing to be able to walk into marriage, having waited for the right time, I think that is just, it's showing in our marriage now. And I think that's something that the Lord has blessed and made. And it's just showing of His goodness and His desire design in the first place and I definitely think it's something we should prioritize just to not out of a out of a religious way of saying this is right and this is wrong and you know to to kind of yeah you know yeah. rein in you like imprison you but it's just out of a place to say that this is where freedom you can live out freely in a very safe place life um, in abundance definitely and then yes, you got married yeah. and the children and everyone everything happened but it's not as if life was a bed of roses for the two of you i mean nadine you went through really really mm -hmm. hard time when when your sister um yeah. went to jesus yeah so my sister passed away it was really difficult i think but also beautiful and it's sense we um we felt called to stand in for in faith for her to be healed um and so we really we really trusted that she would get healed to the point that when she passed away we could hardly believe it i was really actually shocked that she passed away because we really trusted and really stood in faith for her to be healed and nadine's sister was diagnosed with uh, cystic fibrosis um which is a basically a disease that affects your lungs uh, where your body produces too much mucus um, and then that results in these absolutely extraordinary infections that your body has to fight the whole time. Yeah. Um, it's a genetic disorder. Um, and yeah, we as we, before we even started dating, yeah. we just, I decided as a friend to Nadine uh, that I would stand in faith with her and we would trust for healing. Yeah. Sure. And so when she, when she passed away, I mean, it, it, stirs up a lot of questions in you like why go through this whole journey of you know standing in faith for something that he knew he wasn't going to do <laughs> like you, there are a lot of questions a lot of hurt and maybe even disappointment but I think the Lord was so faithful in that time in in guiding me through it it's it's like he, he allowed me to experience um, mourning um, without um, without cursing him and without mm. hating him. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, he took me back. I, I said to him at some stage after she passed away, I said to the Lord, I don't know how to talk to you anymore because it feels like I, I you know, when I worship him, it almost feels a little empty because I feel like I can't be honest because how can I worship him but still be disappointed at the same time? Yeah. Um, I was like, I don't know what to say to you anymore. 
And then um, it's like he brought me back to just David's story. And he said, just look at the Psalms and look what David did. Um, because God was pleased with David. And so I, I looked at the way David worshipped. And he was just really honest with God. And he did everything with the Lord. And so he would tell the Lord about his whole situation. And like, why are you forsaking me? <laughs> and he was very dramatic about it. Um, but then he would always go back and say, yet, Yet I will trust in the Lord. Yet I will worship Him. And I think that was really good for me to be able to voice my heart and to be honest with God. And then at the end of that say, yet, even if I'm feeling all of these things, yet I will trust in you. And yet I will praise your name. I know who you are, even though my circumstances aren't defining it right now or aren't agreeing with it right now. I know who you are. And, um, and I will trust in you. And that really was, uh, um, it was really so gracious of God to guide me through that. I think that's the Holy Spirit's job. He is our teacher. You know, he, he is our helper. And he really helped me through that stage, even though it was really difficult. And even though after that, I started asking a lot of questions about my faith, um, what I believe, um, it was also really, really difficult to do because I've believed in God my whole life. I've known him my whole life. I've known him as a friend my whole life and then to go through a stage where you know, you start asking all these questions about it, whether he even exists um, and it's questions that you think you're not allowed to ask because it means you're doubting and you don't have faith and so mm. for so long I didn't allow myself to even question these things and then all of a sudden I just went through this period of fire almost like just burning down everything that I've believed um, that wasn't actually from my own heart and um, it was just things that I've adopted from my surroundings or my exposure um, and so I had to get to a point where my parents faith was not my faith um, but my faith was because I knew who God was mm. and so he burned down all my religious acts until I had nothing left I wasn't in church anymore I didn't spend time in the word anymore it was just I had this one thing and that was I was just talking to God telling him how much I'm questioning him <laughs> <laughs> and then um one night I had this dream where um, I was explaining to a friend what was happening. And I said in this dream to my friend, you know, I think I'm asking God all these questions. Like, who are you? Can I even trust you? Can I trust the Bible? I, you know, I was asking God all these questions, but actually he was asking me. And so when I woke up, I knew exactly that that was sure. actually what was going on. God was actually asking me, Nadine, can you trust me? Um, can you trust the Bible? Do you trust the Bible? Who am I to you? And I think after that, my husband and I, Matt, we, we went for a walk and I was telling Matt everything that was going on. And, uh, and Matt asked me, you know, he said, what, what do you know is the truth? Because I was so everywhere. I was like, oh, I was fumbling around and I didn't know what was good and right. And I didn't know where I was. And Matt asked me, okay, but what do you know is the truth? And in that moment, I was so confronted with that question. And uh like I look back at my life and it's like my whole life flashed you know, before my eyes like that. And uh, I just look back and I, and I realize I can't look at my life and say that Jesus is not real. I just can't. He's been with me through so many things. I can't, I can't say it's not the truth. And so I said to Matt, I know Jesus is true. And then he said, well, then you build on that. And it was actually beautiful. The first thing that the Lord did um, after that decision that, that 
I can say for sure that he is the truth. The first thing the Lord did was he brought me back into spiritual family. He brought us back into a local church. And that from there was just beautiful how he restored everything else that I was doing out of religion. He, I still did all those things that made me Christian. Well, I still now do all those things that make me Christian, but my heart has changed. It's not out of obligation. It's not out of... Um, yeah, this is now my sacrifice unto the Lord to go to church. It is because I really love him. And so to read the Bible is not out of obligation. It is because I really love him um, and because I want to know him. And so I think it's only something that the Lord can do. He's the only one that can really change your heart and turn it around. Um, but that process was difficult. Um, yeah, but that's sanctification. It's a process, but um, it's beautiful. But Matt, you were invested from day one. I mean, you were not, you weren't even married yet when you invested, when you locked yourself and committed yourself to this process of praying for his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it doesn't happen. And the one you love, Nadine, is going through torture, spiritual torture, the, the place where you are um, wavering and where the doubt clubs you. It's really, really a bit, it's a horrible place to be. It's like, Everything you've known is is just gone, and a guy wants to fix that for his wife. You wanna, you wanna, oh, but but at the same time, you were challenged with everything you were believing as well. How can you hold up your wife while you are are wondering about the exact same things as well? I'm sure this wasn't easy for you either. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, as as a new husband, you want to sort of. You know, you want, like you said, you want to fix it, but you also want to be this role model. You know, you want to, like, oh, yes, no, I, I know exactly how to handle this. Uh, but to be honest, I had no idea. Um, I was dealing with, you know, the grief of losing a friend. Uh, um, and my wife was dealing with the grief of losing her best friend. Um, and, and the only thing we knew to do in a time of desperation was actually to worship. Um, and we literally, I'm telling you, Janine, we did not feel like worshiping. Mm-hmm. And I sat down at the piano and I said, Nadine, n- now, we, now we will worship. Sure. And it was raw and it, it was mm-hmm. ugly, <laughs> but we worshiped. But, you know, the thing about it was we didn't feel, when you don't feel like worshiping and you do anyway, there's this authenticity that that comes in that worship and and you really you, you know when, when when the bible speaks about worshiping god in spirit and in truth like mm-hmm. in that moment we came in truth and we said mm-hmm. lord we don't feel like that we don't feel like worshiping you but that doesn't change who you are and we're going to make a choice to sit down and worship you mm-hmm. and we would we would worship the lord together um even though we didn't feel like it and the tears would flow and um but that brought such that brought such restoration to our souls mm. um, and to our relationship. And, and out of that, uh, the Holy Spirit really helped us to give us tools to, to help each other. Mm. Um, and the one thing the Holy Spirit gave me was ask Nadine what she needs. One day I sat down and I said, okay, Nadine, what do you need? And she's like, I don't need you to fix me. I said, that's okay. <laughs> but when you're feeling down, you need to tell me what you need. Do you need to be cuddled? Do you need to be listened to or do you need to be, you need me to say, ach, shame. <laughs> and that really helped us get through a, a difficult time, mm-hmm. um, worshiping God despite how we were feeling mm-hmm. and, and basically over-communicating. 
I'm just thinking, it was Benny Mostert once who told me that God is not threatened by your honesty. He's not threatened no. by your insecurities or your doubt. It doesn't change a thing about who he is and his opinion about life or anything like that, about his agenda in your life. He can afford, because he's not a prideful God, he's got nothing to defend. So when you're honest with him, it's a form of worship because it's a form of, mm. of relating, of, of not running away, running to him. That's what mm. that honesty accomplishes, and that's why it breaks open stuff that, that, that actually mm. grows in the dark. Huh? When, when you don't yeah. talk about it, it always festers, and it always accumulates when you don't handle mm. it. And we don't because we feel we sort of want to protect God against our or against our rage mm. and against our bitterness, as if that accomplishes anything. <laughs> mm. But then we've got dear yeah. David and David's moan psalms. So, so it's mm. it's always good for if he can be that honest with God, then we can be that honest with God as well. I mean, those prophets in the Old Testament, yeah. they said, "I wish I died. Why did I live? I wish I died." <laughs> and God, and God didn't. You know, Lucy's cool because they were that honest with him. Yeah. Now we're going to learn from you guys. Yeah. Okay, well, your music is the actual yeah. reason why we're here. Net in. <laughs> yes. Only one. That's yes. uh, if you have to translate it into English. Um, and Nadine, yes. we're going to listen to the song, but I want them to hear exactly what your heart meant when you wrote it. What is it mm -hmm. that we've got to realize? I think for me, I, I wrote this song. It's basically... It took me 10 years to write a song in two minutes. <laughs> um, but that whole song story is, is on YouTube. But I think um, it was just something that was so in my heart to say to the Lord that, you know, He is really worthy of my whole entire life. Not just certain aspects of it, not just the things that I like, but He is really worthy um, of everything that I have to bring to Him. And my heart for writing it really was to say that, you know, He is my one heart's desire and he is my first love above everything else and he's worthy none of my worship unto him is ever wasted um he is worthy of all of my worship and um, i'm just thinking of that lady um was it mary that poured her expensive oil over him and the disciples were kind of discontent about it they're like no 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 we could have used this for something better for the poor you know there are better ways it's not wasted actually on jesus and how jesus said no 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 you don't understand like I'm worthy of this, I'm worthy of this expensive oil. Like she understands something about worship and about um, his worthiness. And so that's actually where this song was, um, was written from. And I think to really say that, you know, Jesus did everything so that we could have a relationship with him. He laid his life down first so that we can know him. And so now we're welcome in his throne room um, and my, my heart for writing the song was really to say that, you know, Jesus, will you be welcome in our hearts as well? Can we open up our hearts to really say, Jesus, you're welcome to reign in my life as well? And that was the heart behind it. 